podcast contains mature content. The views and opinions expressed by the host are not necessarily those of the host. Listener discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Smack and Raw podcast episode 116, I think. I am your host, the Warden Matt Ritter, and I am here with my co-host for the day, my wife, Kate Ritter. How are you doing tonight, Kate? Today? Today? Today. This morning? This morning? Yeah. No, it's afternoon now. I'm good. I'm good. I'm all messed up because uh, my job kind of made things difficult last night. I was supposed to record with Giorgio, and instead I just ended up doing the uh, AEW stuff. So uh, we are going to cover Raw. Exactly. So we are going to cover Raw and SmackDown and NXT. Uh, Normally we start the episode off with uh i don't know why there's i hope they can see because right now i've got no video for some reason on the uh there we go all right hopefully you guys can see us now i see us um normally we start off with travis sliding into sasha's dms with some panda gifts but travis isn't here so do do you want to do that you want to i don't even have my phone on me so no okay uh news and rumors New Japan Pro Wrestling announced that they are going to create their own United States extension after uh, NXT said they were going to do a NXT Japan or they were thinking about it. So more American wrestling from another major company. Xavier Woods hurt his Achilles. He is out. We're going to talk more about that when we get to SmackDown. And WWE 2K20 is broken as fuck. Yeah. That shit looks uh, There's a lot of video out there of the glitches that 2K says they're going to be sending patches for. As uh, you know, Kate, I powered the game up this morning, and we went through and looked at the roster and the character renderings, at least in the roster menu, are just fucking awesome awful they're like pretty scary they're not good at all not i agree so i'll have to see what the uh, creative characters look like because if they're just as bad i don't know how much of this game i'm actually gonna play after i you know bought the deluxe edition so i could get the fiend bray wyatt and all that shit i'm a little unhappy about that yeah no it's super disappointing it's awful all right, let's roll into Monday Night Raw. We start off with Ric Flair making the announcement. Yes, Ric Flair. Yes. Uh, Kate has pointed out to me that every time Ric Flair comes on and cuts a promo, he sounds like he downed a uh, fifth of something before he came out there to do it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, he's drunk as hell. Yeah, I'm convinced. He announces that Drew McIntyre is the final member of his team. Um, also told some dude in the crowd to tell his girlfriend, uh, or dude shouted something to Ric Flair and he's like, tell your girlfriend that. And he goes, oh, and by the way, I know your mother too, or something like that. So he insinuated that he not only fucked dude's mother, but was going to fuck dude's girlfriend. Um, yeah. Good to have Drew McIntyre back though. Um, doing something. Where was he? Injury. Hmm. McIntyre says that he's going to have a match against Ricochet, pew, pew, Ricochet, and uh, it's going to be uncomfortable. And it was uncomfortable, and the fact that when a wrestler tells me a match is going to be uncomfortable, I expect him like to mercilessly beat the crap out of his opponent, not like have a normal back-and-forth match that he barely wins. Well, who was it that was pulling the ear of, uh, what's his face, another drunk asshole? Um, one of the Hardy guys, uh was it Matt Hardy? Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy. Yeah, that's who it was. That was uncomfortable. I did not like yeah. that at all. See, stuff like that, that's what I expect when you tell me the match is going to be uncomfortable, is I'm like expecting just Drew McIntyre to go out there and utterly destroy Ricochet to a point to where it's hard to watch. Right. And instead, I got a match where Drew McIntyre barely defeated Ricochet. Yeah, it was a and pretty then, normal match. And then beat him up a little bit after the match. Uh, slung him into the ring steps. and That was a little disturbing, that face-first uh, 
Yeah. Almost reverse good. Alabama Stam. Mm-hmm. Alabama Slam. Then we get a promo from the OC. Um, and then an Aleister Black promo. And Black defeats generic superstar number 12. Uh, apparently yeah, now. Why are they giving him a bunch of jobbers? Like, what is that? I, it's just something they do, and I don't understand. You've got all this talent on the roster. Why not just let him beat some of the actual fucking wrestlers? Why are we bringing in right. local guys? He's not Braun Strowman. He's not, he, he doesn't need enhancement talent. He doesn't need jobbers to run through for us to know who the fuck he is. Like, we know who he is. We've seen what he does. I yeah. hate this so, so much. I agree. Andrade defeats Sin Cara. Uh, Kate and I were having a discussion about luchadors and running down all the luchadors that WWE has now. A lot more than we thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, R-Truth loses to the Bollywood Boys and then uh, finds the Bollywood Boys and pins the wrong one. So the Bollywood Boys, or at least one of them, I'm not sure which one it is, is 24-7 champion right now. Ooh. Viking Raiders defeat Hawkins and Ryder. Great. Um, I didn't watch most of Raw. I pretty much got up to that Bollywood guy. So. (laughs) Well, uh, it's nice seeing the Viking Raiders not beat jobbers now that they're tag team champions. But I'd like a feud. I know what they're doing. And we're going to talk more about this on SmackDown because it's the same shit. They've got this tag team turmoil uh, match with all of the tag teams on Raw and SmackDown to determine the greatest tag team of all time at Crown Jewel. So you're having, you know, the Viking Raiders against Hawkins and Ryder and then the shit we're going to see on SmackDown and blah, 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 blah to showcase the tag teams. And it is what it is, but it's not. I guess it's building towards Crown Jewel, but Crown Jewel feels like an outside thing. It doesn't feel like like part of. I, I don't really look at Crown Jewel as an actual pay-per-view. Like, yeah. it's just there. I don't <clears throat> So, it just it feels like an outside thing to me. It doesn't feel like part of the main flow of the year, and I don't feel like we should be spending all of Raw and all of SmackDown setting up for Crown Jewel. <clears throat> right. It's like they took one of the live shows that they do, like, on Saturdays or whatever it is, and televised it yeah kind of yeah like sometimes there's cool shit that happens on a live show that you have to look up on youtube but other than that also mind you guys uh we will not be doing a not good enough for hulu for raw because kate didn't watch raw on hulu and i watched all of raw so uh there is that but did you see any of the stuff with rusev um, I saw the, the, what is it? Jerry show King King's court or whatever. All right. Um, let's, let's make where... this interesting. I got, I got a question for you real quick since we're, <laughs> yeah. since we're on the subject of Jerry, Jerry, the King Lawler has been taking a lot of flack online from wrestling fans for his announcing and his announce style. Now I know you personally, for whatever reason, I love Jerry, man. the King Lawler. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel about him on Raw as a commentator? I feel like he is surrounded by young dudes and he's old as fuck. Like, he's still and... trying to be relevant like he was back in the day with uh, uh, JR. And uh, he's really not. Corey Graves is not JR. That random ass dude that they have is not JR. Well, it's uh, and... Vic Joseph and Dio Madden on Raw. Dude, I don't Whatever. But, um, yeah, no, I think he's just trying to be relevant in a world that he's not really relevant in anymore. Like, he was really cool back in the day, and now he's just trying to be PC, and he's not a PC dude. Like, Okay. I was curious, because I've seen a lot of people criticize his commentary, and I know you're a big Jerry fan, so I wanted to see how uh, you felt about yeah, Jerry. He's one of the... Awful. Yeah. Few wrestlers that you and I have met together that you actually wanted to get a picture with and an yeah, autograph from. Made a total ass in front of my of myself in front of him, which was great, but yeah. And I'll being the giant man whore that he is, it uh it scared me a little bit. I don't want Cherry <laughs> running off with my wife. 
It probably um, was gone too. <laughs> so Rusev's on the King's Court. He looks like a divorced father of two in his blue jeans and tucked in white shirt and that ridiculous fucking mustache. He looks hot. He looks good with it. What is it with you and people with mustaches? You said the same Dude, thing about Bobby like Fish when you were watching hair. NXT. I'm sorry. I know you like facial hair. Like, sorry. this is facial hair. I'm not talking yeah, like. Yeah, no, agreed. It's just a mustache. It looks good on him. And I don't normally like just a mustache, but it does. It fits his face. It looks good. Like Bobby Roode's mustache? Dumb as fuck. See, I love Bobby. I love Bobby Roode's mustache. Mustachioed Bobby no. Roode. Yes. And I wanted no. him to call his finisher the mustache ride. It would have been fantastic. That would have never happened. It could have happened. It. it could have happened. No. Val Venus had the money shot for a finisher. Yeah, almost 20 years ago. I'm just saying, we could do it. Kids don't know what a mustache ride is. I'm pretty sure they do. It's like one of... No, kids do not know what a mustache ride is, first off. Second off... There are 13-year-olds having sex. I'm pretty sure that they know what a mustache ride is. Just because they're having sex doesn't mean they know what a mustache ride is. I'm sure there's a lot of sexual things that they... But I'm pretty sure they know what it is. I don't think they do. Anyway, point is, it would be like one of those fun things for the adults that's hidden in, like, kids' cartoons where they say something pervy or fucked up and it goes over kids heads but the adults get it and they're like ah yeah like shrek is super dirty it's weird exactly mm-hmm. so basically they're trying to portray lana as this gold digging whore who left her husband because he didn't give her all the things he wanted even though he was but really the way this came off to me was rusev didn't support his wife and he didn't take care of her so she went and found a man that would like Bobby Lashley's fucking her. He's taking her out to her favorite restaurants that she's been trying to get Rusev to go to. Like, they say they're in love. I'm I'm actually kind of rooting for Bobby and Lana over Bob or Lana and Rusev just because they seem happy together. And if he's not doing his job as a husband, which I do, even though you want to run off with Jerry the King Lawler, uh, then fuck it. You know, like. Let her be happy. Let her find happiness. If it's with Bobby Lashley, it's with Bobby Lashley. Like, come on. Um, That whole thing makes me uncomfortable. So, also, Bobby Lashley is just so unattractive to me. I just don't. Like, his face and the sides of his head does not fit his body. And it just reminds me of the dude from, what was it, Beetlejuice? The giant body and the little head is that beetlejuice no that was uh i think you or there is i think what you're thinking of is the uh, goomba from uh mario brothers movie yes that's exactly yeah. what i'm thinking of that's what he reminds me of so yeah. <laughs> he's just not attractive to me <laughs> do you like do you like milk duds no okay that might be why then his head looks like a milk dud. His head looks like a milk dud. I can see it. Like with a little face on it. Uh, so basically, Jerry asks him, do you have a message for Lana and uh, Bobby? And he said he's going to deliver it in person. Then we cut over to the restaurant where they're eating, and the manager comes over and asks them to leave because he doesn't want any trouble. Bobby Lashley says... Don't worry, Rusev doesn't have the balls to show up here and do anything. And, of course, Rusev then does show up and starts attacking them and tearing up the restaurant. And the cops are already at the restaurant, so this was really either really fast response time or they were planning on escorting Lana and Bobby Lashley out if they refused to go. I don't know what the deal was, but the cops were already there. The cops could be next door. The police station could could be across the street. Maybe they were sitting down having a nice fancy dinner at an expensive expensive restaurant while on duty. Who knows? Point is, they're there. They arrest Rusev. The entire time, Lana's screaming ridiculous shit in the background at Rusev she to stop. She ridiculous, so. Um, how she wants Rusev arrested, blah, 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 blah. So, we got that. By the way, that Andrade Sincara match was actually really good, and 
I don't know if you remember this, but it kind of reignited a feud they had from the last time we saw Sankara, where uh, we were talking about this with the, with the mask, where Andrade was being disrespectful because he wasn't wearing oh, the mask yeah, or he had yeah, taken yeah, the mask yeah, yeah, off yeah, and yeah. all that. That I had to remind you of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, did you see the Rey Mysterio, Paul Heyman, Shelton Benjamin, Cain Velasquez shit? think so oh wasn't that when they went through the fucking um tagged him in the no no that was smackdown no oh so on raw Rey mysterio comes out and talks about kane and talks about kane being family and talks about kane beating brock and blah blah blah, blah. Heyman comes on the screen and does Heyman shit and puts over brock and Puts over Kane, but talks about how Brock's going to win. And then Shelton Benjamin's music hits. And this is the best I've seen Shelton Benjamin used up until the physicality. Mm -hmm. So Shelton comes down, and he's like, you say Kane's your family? Well, let me tell you something. Brock's my family. I taught Brock how to wrestle back in college, which is all true facts. These are like, Mm -hmm. here's the thing. They don't portray this on TV, but from what I hear from wrestlers on podcasts and other things Shelton Benjamin is the most legit badass in the locker room no one can touch him no one can fuck with him straight up he trained Brock Lesnar in college before Brock Lesnar became an NCAA champion in wrestling he also was down in the performance center training with Brock or not the Performance Center, it was OVW or whatever developmental was back then, before they got called up to the main roster. Like, they've been friends forever. They're, I guess if you could say Brock Lesnar is a best friend because it doesn't seem like he gives a shit about anyone, I guess they're best best friends, you know, like family. So Shelton's finally portraying this. Now, what I wanted to do was I wanted this to be a portrayal that Shelton did leading up to Shelton and Brock feuding and fighting, not... Shelton defending him, but he comes down and tells Ray all that shit, and then he starts pushing Ray around. He goes, I see how it is, you know. Um, all I gotta do is come down here and shove you around and I get a title match. That's that's how it works, right? That's how things work around here. You pick on Ray Mysterio, you shove him around and get a title match because Seth Rollins was having a title match against someone that fucked around with Ray or some shit like that and or beat Ray, and that's how it happened. So he's shoving him, and he's like, he pushes him once. He goes, that's got to be good enough for a U.S. title match, and then he shoved him a little harder. How about that? How about, like, really entertaining shit until Cain Velasquez comes down, and then Cain comes down and attacks Shelton Benjamin. He shoot or Shelton Benjamin shoots in on him. Cain no-sells the shoot, which would never happen in real life because he is mm-hmm. one of the greatest, like, amateur wrestlers in the world. There's no way Cain would just stand there and shrug him off. Throws some weak-ass punches. You could tell he was holding back. Basically dominates Shelton, and all of the entertainment that Shelton just gave us went out the window. I just can't wait for the Brock Lesnar and Cain Velasquez fight because I just want them to get pissed off and actually hit each other. That would be entertaining as shit. and Beat the shit out of each other. With Cain Velasquez being signed to a full deal, and I heard on Busted Open Radio or an interview he did, where he, it seems like he really wants to, you know, he retired from MMA. This is now his full-time gig, and he wants to go out there and earn our respect and show that he's worthy of this position and so on and so forth. So I'm looking forward to seeing to what, he, what he's got, but I'm going to reserve my judgments until that match to see what he has to offer. Also, because I don't know if this was mentioned, was the stupid scar mentioned on Raw? Scar was mentioned on Raw, on SmackDown, in every like, interview. It? it was 10 years ago, and you're seriously still pissed about a Scar people can barely fucking see? Well, the whole point is... There. The whole point is, now they're saying Kane's going to Scar the other cheek. Okay. He marred his face once, he's going to do it again. And it's basically, this is the worst ass-whooping Brock Lesnar's ever taken. And Kane's the one to deliver to it, and he left a mark with that ass whooping. He left a reminder. Now he's gonna whoop his ass again and give him another reminder. Okay, cool. So, 
Good deal. Scars are cool. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Uh, then we got Seth Rollins, who was supposed to be explaining why he burnt down the Firefly Funhouse, but basically doesn't explain shit. Oh, I forgot to mention this. During the Andrade Sincara match, Humberto Carrillo, who was on uh, NXT and I think did a few stints on 205 Live, he's backstage and they interview him and ask him about, you know, his future and what he thought of the match. And he said he really liked the match that Andrade and Sincara had. And he hopes to be champion in the future and that he'd be a much better champion than Seth Rollins, who's more concerned with going and starting fires than being a champion. So Seth sees him backstage and he's like, hey, what the fuck was that about? You know, <clears throat> I'm handling my business and this and that. And he goes, but hey, why don't we go have a match? Let me welcome you to Raw. Let's go have a match and see if you're really as good as you say you are. And they do. And Rollins wins, but it's a really good fucking match. Like this is a really good match. And Humberto Carrillo looked fucking fantastic in this match. So props to Monday Night Raw, if anything, for giving us a McIntyre return match against Ricochet, Andrade versus Sin Cara, you know, Hawkins and Ryder back, Rollins versus Humberto. Like, it was a lot of new matchups and new matches that we haven't seen. So that's the one positive thing I'll say about Monday Night Raw was good on them, you know? Cool. And then we get the Street Profits versus the OC. And this was the most exciting and also biggest disappointment of the night because really? for a week now, we have been hyping the third man that was going to join the Street Profits to take on the OC. When we get there, it is no longer a six-man tag team match. It is now just a regular tag team match between Gallows and Anderson versus the Street Profits with AJ Styles at ringside. And the third man does not come out until AJ Styles gets involved in the match and then gets ejected. And the third man is KO, and Kevin Owens comes down right. and stunners it was. Yeah. AJ Styles on the ramp. This is not like a friend of the Street Profits. It was just a reason to show KO on Raw. I was thinking like it was going to be our truth or, you know, somebody entertaining in some way shape or form and you don't know if they're buddies what if they're gonna be buddies and that's the the line that they're going you don't know you remember when biggie got hurt and they made ko an honorary member of the new day yeah but then he like didn't he go against them and shit maybe this is not like that so why actually has why as a black tag team would you trust a white guy who turned on the last black tag team he was with that is the last person in the race? company because that's what we do on this podcast. Come on, you listen. It's better when Travis is here, but I got to play devil's advocate here. Fact of the matter is, like, I don't know why they waited so long to bring him down, why it was not until AJ got ejected, why it wasn't a six-man tag anymore. Why the Street Profits haven't learned anything from the New Day and why they would trust Kevin Owens. Like, I don't understand any of it. But to me, it was was a big letdown. Oh, did he hit a skunk or did another plane hit a skunk on the runway? You have no idea. It could have. It could have been a raccoon this time. Seth Rollins was supposed to be on Busted Open Radio and didn't come on because supposedly his flight got delayed because another plane ran over a skunk on the runway. And the pilot didn't want to land and was just flying around. So he wasn't able to like that is the most ridiculous excuse. As It's a it's a fucking skunk. How many skunks have you hit on the road? Like, why is that stopping a plane from landing? Um, I've hit zero skunks. Not you, but I mean, you see dead skunks. You smell dead skunks as you drive down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Like it happens. It doesn't stop traffic. You don't fucking pull over and stop driving because like. So why the fuck is it stopping a plane? I hit a possum once. It was really sad. I was really upset about it, actually. So from what you saw and what I told you about Raw, and uh, this isn't the first time I've had to ask you this question, but it is the first time for the podcast. (laughs) Raw, spit or swallow? Oh, God. God, you're so gross. Oh, Um, yeah, no, this is a new thing we're doing. Yeah, no, I'm aware of it, and I'm really not a fan. Just... So you're you are a fan. Actually, you're one of our number one fans. 
I would say number two or three. Spit or swallow, Kate. Monday Night Raw. I mean, so I only watched like an hour and a half of it. So like, I don't, I could take it or leave it, honestly. Here you go. That is not an answer. Neither. Neither is not an option. It's one or the other. Either from the hour and a half that you watched, you liked it or you didn't like it. I mean, I didn't hate it. Did so you like I did it? Not like it, and I didn't like it. You didn't like it. I did not like it. <laughs> Welcome to every day with me and how I continuously annoy Matt. <clears throat> so over on SmackDown, uh, <laughs> we start Miz TV with Hogan and Flair because, of course. They, you know, they can't just let Hogan ride off in the sunset in peace and let me go back in time and make fun okay. of him. Also, and... also, so Ric Flair was talking on the mic, right? His drunk ass. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I need to get this out because I was even thinking about this while I was watching it. So his drunk ass is going on a fucking ramble. And I looked at Hulk Hogan and I have a sneaking suspicion that they did not know that Ric Flair was going to go off like this and they're just kind of like what the fuck is he talking about so then that's when Hulk Hogan like interrupted and said like Hulk Hogan shit and then like Ric Flair's drunk ass was still trying to talk you know they give Hogan and Flair a mic Hogan basically cut an 80s promo talking about his team I just I don't need Hogan on my TV anymore I don't want Hogan on he my TV the anymore same promo every time it's the same I one. don't want Hogan on my TV anymore. Travis is forcing no me to way. do some shit that involve that involves me absorbing more Hulk Hogan. Good. And it's stressing me out and killing me inside little by little. I just yeah. I, I'm done with him. I don't need him on TV. I don't need him in angles. I don't need him at Crown Jewel. I don't understand why the crowd still pops so loud because oh my god, it's Hulk Hogan. Like get the fuck out of here. Um so they do their little promos, and then Roman Reigns says some stuff, and Ali says some stuff, and Ali's Shorty G. Funny. Yeah, like Shorty, Shorty G looked funny and has a funny name. Yeah, with his uh, fucking, what did Corey Graves call him? Oh, Space Jam outfit. Yeah, basically basketball attire for a wrestling match. Yeah. They're making fun of Shorty G's height, which I think is stupid because Ali and Shorty G are basically the same height, but no one talks about how short Ali is. No. Um, everything breaks down. Team Hogan wants a six-man tag team match tonight. Mind you, this is just the SmackDown representatives of Team Hogan and Flair, so it's just Roman, Shorty G, and Ali. And then on the other side, it's just Corbin and Shinsuke, but where Shinsuke goes, Sami Zayn follows... Would you say Sami Zayn's Irish? Roman. Um, no, he's Canadian. He's French Canadian. Okay. Just like Kevin Owens, because didn't they? Grow What's up a popular Canadian food? Uh, the thing with the fries. Poutine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Sami Zayn follows Shinsuke Nakamura around like he's got poutine hanging out his ass. That was terrible, but okay. I was gonna say potatoes, but that's an Irish thing, and I guess you can't say all gingers are Irish. Yeah, you could also go with corned beef and hash. You could have done that, too. Like, um, on, Matthew. You're better yeah. than this. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. So anyway, they say that Sammy's not going to fight tonight, but he's got a replacement. That replacement is Cesaro. Then in the main event, Team Hogan beats Team Flair. Uh, Roman Reigns hits the spear, tags in Ali. Ali does some flippy shit off the top rope and gets the pin. And even Ali looks surprised that Roman Reigns tagged him in to win the match. Yeah, that was really cool. I actually really liked that part. Which I had to tell you about anyway, so that note is mine. Uh, actually, since I didn't do the podcast last night, I went and watched the hour of SmackDown that I didn't get to finish after I did the AEW stuff. So 
you did tell me about it. Yeah, but I still told you about it first. So I, I also saw it. And you were like, oh, i got to put that in my notes for the podcast. I'm no, like, I said I will put, put that because you weren't going to be on. But now you're on. You didn't know that. Continue. I was putting in my notes because you weren't going to be on. Yeah, whatever. Or at least Keep I didn't going. think so. Keep going. Oh, God, you're so frustrating. Next. <laughs> uh, the New Day are backstage getting ready for their match, and they've got Xavier Woods on an iPad or a tablet. And my thought was I need them to get one of those motorized tablets, like tablet yes. stands, like for Modern Family, there was where fucking Phil was on it. Bob's Burgers, too, like that. Where Tina was sick. So like Modern him. Family, where they got Phil on the fucking tablet and he's like motorizing that himself around the house. And he doesn't like Bob's Burgers, so let everyone know that he's nuts because it's the. You can hit me up at Matt Ritter. That's at M A T T R I D D E R, and let me know why. Oh, that's on Twitter. Uh, why Bob's <laughs> Burgers is great, and I'll tell you why you're wrong because it fucking sucks. Um. So anyway, I want to see Xavier Woods come down to ringside on one of those motorized tablet stands and just like cheer the new day on and be involved in segments. It could be a really fun thing. And then think about like when the heel gets mad and they destroy the stand or they smash the tablet or something. And Xavier's just like screaming like like he's in pain. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they could do something really cool with that. And I want to see it happen. I I really want to see it happen. Mm -hmm. I think we got a comment. Oh, shit. Oh, I, I guess Mark Daniel Robles is billing me for, I'm assuming, not liking for Bob's, Bob's Burgers. Burgers. Yes. And uh, Mark, yes. you can go fuck yourself, too. Dude, you're my new best friend. <laughs> so the New Day lose to Rudolph, which was surprising. And this is bullshit. All right. Kofi Kingston was WWE champion. He loses the title in like nine seconds. They don't even like really cover that he lost other than a backstage segment with heavy machinery. And now he's jobbing out. Well, not really jobbing out, but now he's losing to Dolph Ziggler by a roll-up in a tag yeah. team match. Come on. Dolph super annoying at this point. I'm so over him. And, like, I don't give a shit about their stupid what's-his-face rude and their tag team. Like, it makes no sense to me other than Rudolph. nothing to do with you. Rudolph. Yeah. The whole point of this was, again, that Crown Jewel fucking bullshit. Um, the Revival come down and Heavy Machinery come down. There's a post-match brawl, and it's all to set up this, or all to hype up the Tag Team Turmoil Tournament next Thursday on Halloween at Crown Jewel. Is what it is. Nothing special. Yep. Lacey Evans defeats a jobber. Uh, she's mm-hmm. acts like she's going to go leave the ring. And get herself counted out. And then at nine, she slides in, punches the bitch in the face, and gets the one, two, three. Predictable. I don't think that was predictable. I didn't predict I when totally I saw Lacey. Knew she was going to do that. As soon as well, after you counting... saw her get out of the ring and start <laughs> counting, yeah. But when the match started, you had no idea Lacey Evans was going to leave the ring and act like she was going to get counted out. So maybe once the counting said started, she was that she wasn't going to do the match. Yeah, the after, I'm, but that's what I'm and when she came head, down. I was like, she's going to run back in at fucking nine like they all do. After you found out she didn't, quote unquote, plan on wrestling. Yes, that part was predictable. But I'm saying the way the match went up until the ref started counting was not predictable. I had I would have figured that she would have gone there, hit a few moves, punched her. Done the jobber shit that they do with Braun Strowman, like they did with Aleister Black, like they do with everyone. Who was Try and that showcase girl, her. Anyway, uh, local talent. Nobody signed no. to WWE. Then, probably the best segment on SmackDown. Firefly Funhouse is back. Uh, Bray Wyatt found another cardboard Yay. box, put his pictures back up. Everyone's alive and uninjured, except for Ramblin' Rabbit. We have a funeral for Ramblin'. He comes back to life? Well, hold on. Don't jump the shark, Kate. Don't jump the shark. We have a funeral for Ramblin' Rabbit, and everyone says their piece, and then Bray Wyatt, the amazing, lovely, holy miracle worker that he is, pulls the 
remains of Ramblin' Rabbit out of the coffin because his mom said he always wanted an open casket and his skull split open and he's all charred. Bray gives him a kiss and lays him down and then with a pop, Ramblin' Rabbit's back alive for 2.5 seconds before Mercy sinks his teeth into him and eats Ramblin' Rabbit again. Mm-hmm. Which, to, so, don't get that. Like, what was the real point of that? To bring the Firefly Funhouse back because they burned it down last week and they kind of need it. So, like, I really don't feel like they know what they're doing. I really don't feel yeah. like... Like they're just week to week, going, they're like, just kind of doing stuff and then being like, oh, shit, that was a bad idea. Right. Like they're brand new writers and they're like, this sounds so cool. Let's do this. And they're like, fuck, now we got to fix it. And yeah. like they could have fixed, brought back the Firefly Funhouse. Fun, fuck, that stupid Bray Wyatt thing. And like it could have hey. gone a def- different way. It could have gone a different way. I stand by my fucking statement. See, here's the problem. Bray is in a feud with Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is on Raw. Bray is on SmackDown. So it is stupid to have these two feuding because it's completely separate brands now. There's not a whole lot you can do with Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins to hype their match when they are on separate shows and there's not supposed to be any crossover, which is why this whole idea is stupid. But they want to have Bray Wyatt on the show. They want to promote the Firefly Funhouse because people love it and they're going to watch. I didn't. I mean, it was a nice, cool, fun segment with Ramblin' Rabbit or whatever, but it had no substance to it. There was nothing there driving anything forward. It was just a cute little thing they did. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. It just. It was there. Yeah. Uh, speaking of just there, Kalisto beats Drew Gulak, who has a new PowerPoint presentation with 365 slides. This time, how Tyson Fury will probably beat Braun Strowman. And when, again, we only get to see one slide. And I'm really pissed off because I want to see, other than punching Braun Strowman in the face, other ways Tyson Fury could possibly beat Braun Strowman. We didn't get that. Kalisto attacked him. The bell rang. They have a very short match. Braun comes down, distracts Gulak. Kalisto hits the, hits the Salida del Sol and gets the win. And then Braun beats up Drew Gulak and cuts a promo on Tyson Fury about how he's a boxer. He doesn't belong in a wrestling ring. And he's going to get these hands. Is that on SmackDown? I don't remember that. That was on SmackDown. Oops. Then we got a Sami Zayn, Daniel Bryan, and Nakamura segment. Daniel Bryan's supposed to come out and be interviewed by Michael Cole to let us know if the Yes Movement is back. Sami Zayn and Nakamura come out, and Sami Zayn says, listen, if the Yes Movement's back, you're a liar because you said it was dead and gone. You hate liars, but you know what you love? You love taking care of the world. You love being a vegan. I'm a vegan. Shinsuke loves taking care of the world. So instead of pandering to all these fans and being the good guy with the Yes Movement, why don't you come join us? Come be our friend. Let's be in this together. And Daniel Bryan doesn't give a fucking answer. He just walks out of the ring without saying, yes, the Yes Movement's back, or no, I'm a heel. So we're going to stretch this out for another week. Wondering if this is going to lead to a Daniel Bryan-Shinsuke feud over the IC title. Be the most significant thing they did with Shinsuke since he won that belt. Sure. I mean, Sami Zayn's really fucking annoying, so. Yeah, well. Which I guess means he's doing a good job, but. Yeah, he's supposed to be. I, yeah, I know you hate okay. when I say that, but... I understand it. I'm not dumb. But still, I can still have my own opinion. No, you can. Uh, and your opinion is correct, because he's supposed to be annoying, and your opinion is he is annoying. If your opinion was he's really cool and I like him and I think he's the greatest thing ever, then he's not doing his job. Nikki Cross says that she's ready for Bailey and she's going to beat... Mandy Rose tonight, Bailey and Sasha are on commentary, and Nikki Cross beats Mandy Rose. And you were saying something about her Rana in that match? Yeah, no, she didn't connect um, her ankles. And it always bugs the shit out of me where they do, like, an open leg fucking Hurricane Rana when you're supposed to, like, have your legs close to around her neck, and it bugs the shit out of me. Um, no, but what I was going to say real fast was, you know what really kind of bugs me? <clears throat> what really how, kind of and like 
I know you don't give a shit, but um, when um, so Nikki Cross's character, right? I really like yes. her, right? Mm-hmm. So she was supposed to be like this crazy psycho like character, right? So they yeah. still have the music, they still have her dressed in like the crazy person, right? But now she's like sugar and spice, like she's so nice and so bubbly and all of that shit, and it just irritates me because it just doesn't fit what she's wearing or her fucking music. If she, they changed her clothes a little bit, then cool, I'm fine. But. You mean that rah, rah, rah? I'm still cool with that. I'm still cool with that, even if they just, like, updated her look a little bit. Okay. Kind of match what she's doing. But that's, it just is a pet peeve. Like, I like her still, but, like, it's a little annoying. Also, where's Alexa Bliss? I don't know where Alexa Bliss is. She might be uh, hurt again. Oh, that, that is a good point, though. Uh, there were zero women's matches on Monday Night Raw. Not a single fucking one. Mm-hmm. SmackDown had two. One was just Lacey beating a jobber. Um, I guess most of the women were in Australia for an Australian tour they were doing. But that's not... There's no reason why we shouldn't have had a women's match or yeah. something on Monday Night Raw. Um. Then Rey Mysterio and Cain Velasquez come out to do the face-to-face with Brock, and Brock says he's not going to stand in the ring with Cain. And then Paul Heyman does Paul Heyman shit and says, guess where we are tonight? No? Well, guess what we're doing tonight? No? Well, guess who we're doing it to? Fine. If you won't guess, I'll just have Brock give you a spoiler. And there is Dominic. And my question is, why the fuck, if your son cannot defend himself, would you bring him to SmackDown where he got brutalized by Brock Lesnar and then not have someone keep an eye on him when Brock Lesnar's in the building? Like, this is just Ray being a bad father. First off... This is also a stupid segment. Like, I don't understand this whole... It's a dumb feud, but go on. Go on. We'll come Well, back. yeah. So, basically... Ray's a bad dad. First off, he almost lost his son in a custody battle in a ladder match to fucking Eddie Guerrero. And now, you know, we saw what Vicky Guerrero was. Did you really want that to be his stepmom? Like, come on now. Now, he's just letting his son get his ass whooped left and right and sent to the hospital by Brock Lesnar. So Brock beats him up, and then they go back, and he's in the trainer's room. And then this was actually really cool. Brock comes into the trainer's room with a trash can, knocks out Kane. Ray jumps on his back, gets F5'd into the wall. Kane goes after him, gets F5'd on top of Dominic. Brock leaves him laying. They are trying to, and I don't know how close to true this is, make it more personal than just Kane Velasquez is the guy that beat Brock Lesnar in the UFC. They're trying to say that Kane is Dominic's godfather and that they're family and that they grew up and they knew each other and yeah, all this stuff. Blah, and blah, blah. Kane's defending his family. And as strong as they made Kane look on the debut episode of SmackDown and then what he did on Monday Night Raw, which, by the way, what fucking brand is Kane Velasquez signed to? Because he's on Raw and he's on SmackDown and Ray's on Raw and Ray's on SmackDown and you're supposed to be brand exclusives. So where the fuck are these guys? What brands are they signed to? I need to fucking know. I honestly don't think that they're going to keep the brand split, you know, the way that you fucking want it because Fox, what they're going to do is they're going to put raw people on fucking SmackDown to get them to watch raw. And they're going to put SmackDown people on raw to get them to watch fucking SmackDown. No, they're not because now they're on two different channels and now it's competing channels. That's the point. They're not going to take people from to get the same amount of viewers that they were getting when it was on two shows also friday night is a shitty time slot that's a shitty time slot fox was promised specific wrestlers exclusive to fox so that's what they're gonna get in usa then maybe it's just a fucking transition period and you need to get over it no i just need them to like properly do a draft and assign people to places and then not have them show up where they're not supposed to be after you tell me that that's not going to happen anymore. That's what the fuck I need. I need them to stop doing interpromotional feuds, unless it's for an interpromotional pay-per-view like Survivor Series, which we haven't even done anything for, and that's coming up next month. Fucking pisses me off. Get over it. 
And that's it for SmackDown. That was I, we talked about the uh, the six man tag already. I actually really enjoyed the uh, the segment with Ray Kane and Brock in the trainers room. I'm going to watch Crown Jewel. We're not going to cover it, but I'm going to watch it. Yeah, I mean, I want to see some of the matches on there, but it's not like I'm excited about it or anything. Like, I'm interested in some stuff, but not the whole fucking thing. All right, let's try this one, Kate. Smackdown, Spitter Swallow. You saw the whole show. I liked it. I was okay with it. So my wife's going to swallow Smackdown. I'm not going to say it. My wife swallows. Matthew. Yeah. Your mom NXT, watches this. Your mom does not watch this. I don't think she's watched it because she hasn't yelled at me about how Travis hasn't put her uh, her thing up in a while or asked me when it's going to happen. True. That's true. Last but not least, and in my opinion, the best show of the night because I'm going to spit Raw, even though there was a lot of good wrestling, there wasn't a whole lot of story, and I'm probably going to spit SmackDown too. I'm swallowing NXT. This was the best show of the week. We start off with a great match that you were bored with at the beginning. Uh, Ripley versus Bianca Belair. We had the test of strength, which is the first believable test of strength. I can't even remember in how long. Uh, Then Io tried to screw Rhea over. Um, Bianca goes to capitalize. Rhea kicks out, hits reversal, hits the riptide, gets the pin. Candice comes down, pulls Io off the ring apron. I thought it was a damn good match. I really enjoyed it. It was good. It was just too slow for my taste, honestly. And then we had uh, Matt Riddle versus Cameron Grimes. Riddle gets the win. Another really great match. Um, This was a little more your speed. Yeah, it was a lot faster. Yeah. And I like Matt Riddle. I know my wife pointed out to me that. uh, Oh, no, I get it because everything with a vagina seems to like Matt Riddle. So, well, everything with a vagina that is attracted to men, I should say, seems to like Matt Riddle. My wife pointed out that he looks like Steve-O, and the fact that now I know my wife finds Steve-O attractive kind of bothers me more than Matt Riddle. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. It's fucking weird and gross. I like what I like. Yeah, I don't know why you're with me, because those are two opposite ends of the spectrum. No, I'm attractive. Steve-O is not attractive. So if you find Steve-O attractive, I don't see how you find me attractive. I'm sorry. I find a lot of different people attractive. It doesn't necessarily mean they all look alike. Did you find Cameron Grimes, Grimes attractive? Fuck no. Well, he has a pretty face because of his eyes. But that boy needs to either wear fucking shorts or pants because I'm tired of looking at his little pubic hairs that come out of his goddamn little tiny pants. And his hairy stomach and everything else that he has going on. I'm even I'm okay with his chest and his stomach, but like wear some fucking pants if you're not gonna wax that shit. His I legs, even, his bush. Um what's his face? Um Elias has a hairy chest too and it doesn't fucking matter. But he also wears full-length pants. Yeah, but Cameron Grimes, is it's like that thick, dark black hair. And it's on yeah, his legs, and, and it's sticking out of his shorts. And, you know, he goes on his back and lifts his legs up, and you get that bush shot. And, yeah, and he, it's... like, lays spread eagle in the <gasps> fucking mat. Like, so he he got knocked out by the, the what, NXT UK guy, right? What's, his, Tyler what's Bate. his name? Yeah, so he got knocked out by Tyler Bates after the, the match, right? So there's a woman standing like a couple people like next to Tyler Bates. And you can just tell her looking down, looking up, looking down like she couldn't fucking look away from his hairy ass crotch area because he's just legs spread wide open right in front of her. Maybe his man jungle was intriguing. We don't kink shame. We don't kink shame here. Yeah, we don't kink shame here, Kate. I'm not kink shaming. I'm just saying it's fucking gross. So, yeah, uh, Matt Riddle, after winning the match, goes to fist bump Cameron Grimes. He declines. Bate gives him a fist bump, and then Bate uh, gives Grimes shit. Grimes pushes Bate, and then he gives him the old bip bop, raises one fist up. Grimes looks at it, punches him with the other. Knocks his stupid, it's not a cowboy hat off. Yeah, he gets knocked the fuck out. I really enjoyed that. 
Um, and then the next thing that you saw, uh, so you didn't see that, and you didn't see that. Oh, oh you only missed. Uh, what's his Keith Lee? Nope. Is that? I thought that was the next one. No, that was the main event. No, it wasn't. Balor came out. That was the main event. That was after the main event match. How is okay? Then how is the? I thought the last match was always the main event. How do you have a yes. main event and then have another fucking match? There wasn't another match. So you're telling me the Keith Lee match was the main event and then the fucking Roderick Strong and What's-His-Face was not the main event? Uh, Keith Lee was in the Roderick Strong match against Dominic Dijevic in a triple threat for the title. That was the main event. The fuck um, were you watching? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want to argue with me some more? No, I'm good. Let's keep going. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Uh, before that, you saw Dakota Kai and... Uh, Rhea Ripley. No. No, it was a tag team match with the Knee Brace sisters and um, the skinny <laughs> <laughs> MMA chick. With the other one. Team Kick, Dakota Kai, and Tegan Knox. Knee brace sisters. Versus uh, Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke. The four horsewomen of the MMA is, I guess, what they're calling them. I'm going to need them to get their own music and their own entrance if they're going to be like a thing. And also, it wasn't a bad match, but it wasn't a great match. Uh, you could tell that. Shafir and Duke still need a little bit of work. Uh, they're still a little green, but they have their own. We're going to get a much better match next week because Team Kick won this. They're going to take on the Kabuki Warriors for the tag team titles next week. It's going to be a great match. And the Kabuki Warriors showed up and cut a promo in Japanese on the screen after this match. Um, I'm really enjoying, as I let you know, that they're letting Kane and Ray speak spanish and the kabuki warriors speak in japanese though i do agree with your sentiment about subtitles i need to know what they're saying and i don't have time to learn japanese and continue my spanish education and then in our main event <laughs> keith lee and dominic dijevic take on roderick strong for the north american title Mm -hmm. uh, Strong gets the win. This is a really fun, entertaining match. I, I've, I was not a big Dominic like Dijevic fan. I like him. Well, I was not a big Dominic Dijevic fan. Un Ivan Drago. Or I'm sorry, I always say his name wrong. It's Dijakovic. I was not a big Dominic Dijakovic fan until this thing that he started doing. The series of matches he started doing with Keith Lee. Keith Lee's fucking fantastic. I really enjoy Roder Roderick Strong too. Um, Strong gets a win. I was surprised that the Undisputed Era didn't assist him in the win, that he got a win on his own, even though he snuck it in there, which was good because he's a heel and that's what's supposed to happen. Afterwards, the Undisputed Era comes down to celebrate. They jump Keith Lee, and then you hear that lovely, lovely heartbeat rhythm, and no one will survive. Out comes Tommaso Ciampa with his crutch. No fear whatsoever. Four guys in the ring. Doesn't give two fucks. Stares down the Undisputed Era. And then Kate's favorite wrestler in the whole world, Johnny Gargano and his rebel Fuck heart. Fuck him. I fucking hate Johnny. So annoying with this stupid looking face. Johnny wrestling, baby. He's He's the heart and soul of NXT. He looks like a fucking ferret. Uh, so, okay. yeah. Uh, I, he looks like a fucking ferret. Mm -hmm. Go on. Mr. Cam Candice LeRae comes down and they play up the storied history between Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano for a second as they stare at each other. And then DIY seems in unison, ready to take on the Undisputed Era. But they're still down two to four. So who comes out next? The one, the only, the Finn Balor. 
And he stands in between Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. And I'm like, man, this is going to make really cool for war games. Who's going to come? Is it going to be Velveteen Dream is going to be the fourth guy? Who could possibly be the fourth guy for this Dream Scenario War Games matchup? Because War Games is their next pay-per-view coming up, mm-hmm. and it's always four on four. Like, who could it be? And then Finn Balor Pele kicks Johnny Gargano in the fucking face. Turns heel. I pop. The crowd pops. Kate goes, oh, shit. I don't know. <laughs> I've got so many questions. That, the best part about that is, like, after he did that, everybody goes fucking nuts. And he just stands there like, yeah, motherfucker. So I might watch NXT just for fucking Finn Balor. Just because, and I, I do love Mason and Cole. So there's also that. The Undisputed Era, and you love Matt Riddle, and you like Keith Lee, and I think the women's wrestling down there is pretty damn good, too. I think there's plenty of reasons why you should be watching NXT, but that's a discussion we can have It's just, that's like six hours, six, seven hours of fucking wrestling a week. Not including AEW, which is probably, what, another hour, two hours? Well, you don't need to watch AEW. No, I fucking don't. But anyway, like, yeah. that's a lot of fucking wrestling. I got other shit yeah. to do. Your husband watches nine hours, or actually ten hours of wrestling a week, because I also watch the hour of NXT UK. I'm sorry. Okay. Don't be sorry. I'm just letting you know. I know I how watch much a wrestling, lot of wrestling you watch. I am well aware, sir. So anyway, the Undisputed Era beats down Tommaso Ciampa. Finn Balor's chilling in the corner, sees Johnny Gargano standing on the outside, gets an idea, goes outside. Cannonball drop kicks him through the barricade, drags him to the entrance ramp, and gives him an impaler DDT uh, right on the rampway. Made Kate cringe watching Johnny get dropped on her head. I've got so many questions. Like, why Johnny Gargano? Was he... You know, in league with the Undisputed Era. Is he joining the Undisputed Era? Like, what what caused this? And some of it got answered on WWE backstage. Basically, he said, everyone's like, oh, you went to NXT to hide. And he goes, no. If I wanted to hide, I would have stayed on Raw or SmackDown. It's easy to hide up there. It's like the Avengers movies where there's all these people and it's easy to fall back and not get noticed. But on NXT, I'm the star. I'm the big name. I'm the Iron Man. I'm Captain America. He didn't say all that, but basically that's where he was I mean, going. like, he's not wrong? No, he's not. And he also said, when asked about his attitude change, let's just say the prince is back, which means that he's going to be more reminiscent of his attitude and character that he had when he was in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So Okay, cool. Spitter Swallow, Kate, NXT. I liked it. All right. So, overall, what was your favorite show? I don't want to say it because you'll never let me live it down. So, I'm just not going to answer. So, uh, Kate's going to swallow NXT. NXT was her favorite show this week. And not good enough for Hulu, NXT edition only this week. What you didn't get to see, Kate, was Brizongo doing a Top Gun gimmick. Brizongo coming out doing a Top Gun gimmick along with their tag team partner, uh, uh, fuck, Isaiah Swerve Scott taking on the Forgotten Sons. Brizongo and Swerve win. There was this awesome spot where uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott used Jackson Riker's chest to do a moonsault. So, like, Riker's on the uh, apron and he steps off the top rope and jumps off dude's chest and does a moonsault. I know how much you love moonsaults, and that was one of the coolest moonsaults I've ever seen. Uh, There was also this cool Hurricane Rana triple-team headbutt from the Forgotten Sons. The Forgotten Sons just don't do it for me. Like, Riker's cool, but Cutler and Blake just don't do it for me. I don't know what it is about them, but they're not grabbing me. And then we had Angel Garza defeat Jack Gallagher in a cruiserweight match with your new cruiserweight champion, Leo Rush, on commentary. So Leo Rush, Garza and Jack Gallagher, Gallagher, Brizongo, Isaiah Swerve Scott, and the Forgotten Sun six-man tag team match. Not good enough for Hulu this week. 
I'm kind of pissed about that Brazongo thing. And you should be. Well, everyone, that is all for us this week. I am the Warden Matt Ritter. You guys can find me on Twitter at Matt Ritter. There's that M-A-T-T-R-I-D-D-E-R. This is my wife, Kate. Uh, do you want them to find you anywhere? Um, Instagram at the Kate Ritter. And that is it for this week. We are smacking it raw, and we are that damn good. <laughs>